this morning talking about steps. Anybody here have a Fitbit? It's funny, my workout queen, of course, has one. <laughs> or have something that kind of tracks what you're doing. It's so funny how, where we are today because um, I've thought about having one, but then I think I'll see that I've made 2,000 steps or however many thousand steps, and then I'll think, well, I don't have to work out because I've got those, that many steps. No, that's not exactly what, what the intention is. But, you know, a Fitbit, when you connect it to the computer and get it on your arm or get something that can track your heart rate and your steps and, and your activity, um, you can connect it to the computer and be able to see what it is that you're doing. Have you sat on the couch all day? Is your heart not getting to a certain rate? Are you not getting enough activity? Some of these new devices will tell you You've sat around long enough. Get up. Do y'all have one of those that it tells you get up, get moving, do something? Well, I want you to know that God started tracking your heart long before Fitbit ever figured out that they could do it. God's been tracking your heart and your health and your life since day one, even before day one. He knew you were coming long before your parents ever knew you were coming. He knew you were coming, and he was preparing a way for you long ago, knowing that you would be here. And he's watching your steps. Did you know that, that God's watching your steps? And he's wanting to help you with every step that you take. Watching and caring for your heart, the health of your heart, and the condition of your heart. Psalm 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. What does the Lord do? He directs. He is, and who does he direct? He doesn't just direct your steps, he directs the steps of the godly. So does that say that he does not direct the steps of the ungodly? I think I can read that. Can you read it that way? So if I, I am in desperate need of a director, anybody else need a director? I need a director. Can you imagine actors without a director? You'd have a mess. You'd have a bunch of drama queens just running around with their hair on fire all the time. That's why they need a director. God directs the steps of the godly. And not only does he direct the steps of the godly, he delights in every detail of your life. The godly. The godly's life. I love that. He directs. But one thing he doesn't do, he doesn't take the step for you. He doesn't step for you. God directs. So, no step, no direction. Do you hear me? Our part is stepping, in a, taking a godly step. God's part is directing those steps. He doesn't step for you. And he directs the step of the godly, every detail. So what is the godly? I believe it is those that are pursuing him. Those that would say, yes, I'm a Christian. What's a Christian? Someone who believes and follows. Are you following the Lord? If you are, even though you may be making mistakes all along the way, that's me. But as long as I'm following the Lord, he will direct my steps. Are, are you following me? Okay. 
So we've got to be in the word. We've got to be in the church. We've got to be pursuing him and trying. The Fitbit says, get off your rear end, get off the couch, and start moving. The Lord says, if you will just move, I'll direct. But you have to move. It says that I can't, Scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You guys all know that Scripture? Even the lost knows that Scripture. The lost knows John 3.16. You know, I can tell you there are some scriptures that they know, and the believer knows, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God doesn't do all things. I do all things. I can do all things. Now, God can do all things, but the things that are done, I do them through Christ who strengthens me, which means sitting on my couch, I'm not going to do all things. I have to do. When I do in a godly way and start stepping, God directs my path, and then whatever humongous chasm between me and my challenge, God somehow miraculously brings that step to where I can make the step. Anybody here facing an incredible chasm between you and where you need to be? God can remove that chasm. But you must follow him, his directing your steps. Your part is to be godly and to step. Pastor, I can't be godly. You know what? You can't be perfect. We're not perfect. Jesus Christ is perfect, but we can be godly. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb. We we have been covered by his blood. We have his grace. We have the mind of Christ. So we are able to walk and be directed, and all of a sudden, that chasm is removed, and our step is steps where we never could have stepped on our own. Are you with me? We have to step. God doesn't do it. I do it through Christ. On Wednesday night, I mentioned this, and Aaron Hamby, one of the guys that are are leading the fight club, tweeted this out from Wednesday night. How can God direct your steps if you never take any? We're sitting here praying and praying and praying, God, move in my life, God, move in my life, God, move in my life, do something, we need you, I need a miracle, but then you never do anything. God's like, I move in your doing. I will move in your doing. God says, I am moved and pleased by faith. Faith does. Even when you don't think there's any way it can happen. Even when there's no way it's going to, you can't see it. You can't see how this is going to work. But God says, do it. So I do. God does. Are you with me? If you connect your Fitbit to your computer or the app, you can see the progress that you've made. If you connect your life to the Lord, I want you to know you're going to see progress. You're going to see progress that will blow any Fitbit away. Progress that you can't explain. He'll move in you. He'll move through you. He will not move for you. He will give you direction. He will tell your spiritual GPS where to turn. Let me ask you, have you ever been driving down the road and you're going by GPS in an area that you knew and you started to question, I don't think this is the right turn? Do you know that worldly GPSs can lead you the wrong way? And even though I've got a great GPS, it's saying, hey, turn this way, but I know in my knower that this isn't right. But like a doofus, I turn. You guys ever watch The Office when it said to turn right and he drove into the pond? 
And the guy next to him saying, no, he means on up here, he means on up here. And he said, no, I've got to turn right here. And he drives his car into the pond. That's what we do. The Spirit of God is trying to direct you, but you're being guided by the wrong voice. Sometimes it's your voice. Sometimes it's your spouse's voice. Sometimes it's Satan's voice. Sometimes it's the world's voice. But it's not God's voice. And he's saying, you know this isn't right. Why are you turning here? Turn left. Left doesn't feel right. I didn't, I didn't write that. But left doesn't feel right. Something's wrong. Let me show you something here. I want you to know that God will divert you from an accident. He'll steer you away from traffic. Traffic that you didn't even know was there. That's how awesome he is. He will direct you with favor, with opportunities, with fruit that is unexplainable. You know the thing about an opportunity is you got to take it. You may have opportunities, but if you don't step into them, the opportunities leave. Anybody ever missed an opportunity? It says in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. When the spirit of truth comes, I want you to know that that's what I have in me. I have access to the spirit of God. How could I ever get things wrong? Do you follow that? When you have the Spirit of God, how can we miss it? He'll give me an alert of challenges that are coming. He'll tell me of things that are going to happen in the future before they get here. He'll lead me to the truth about me. He'll lead me to the truth about my marriage. He'll lead me to the truth about my worth. He'll lead me to the truth about my job. He'll lead me to the truth about my children. He'll lead me to the truth about the church's future. That's part of my responsibility. He will lead me and guide me into all truth. And I am no different than you. I have the Spirit of God. If you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you've asked the Holy Spirit to come into you, you have the Spirit of God. If you will follow in a godly way, he will direct your path. But even though I've got everything, I still have to walk. You know, uh, as a runner, the hardest part for me is the first step. Once I'm off on the first step, it's hard to get me off of it. Even though my mind will try to talk me out of it, the hardest part is to start. But once I've started, I'll usually finish. Once I've started, the hardest part is to start. Why? The Lord will just say, if you'll just start, I'll kick in. Do you follow? If you'll just start. It says in Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I love that. I still plan. God has made me to plan. Almost, I, I don't want to say to a fault. God didn't mess up, I don't think. But man, I plan things to death. Can anybody get on that page with me? God directs the step of the godly. When we are in his will, in the word, in the body, in the spirit, even though we may be thinking that we're doing the planning, 
God is doing the determining. Do you know what determine means? It means to settle or decide a dispute or a question by an authoritative or conclusive decision. Even though I may be doing the planning, if I am in the word, if I'm in the spirit, if I'm after the Lord and walking, even though I plan, God determines by authority the actual steps that I take. How many of you have ever made a plan and then you wound up walking it out differently? If you're following the Lord, then all of a sudden you're getting great correction, um, correct, correcting direction as you're going. Have you ever seen that when the people travel to the moon or in space, they've got to make little minor corrections or they'll wind up missing the target by millions of miles? And that's what the Lord does. The Lord says, go ahead and plan. Go ahead and start walking, and then I'll start making my corrections as you're going. I'll steer you around the, the pits and the falls and the troubles. He determines our steps. Proverbs 14 Verse 15 says, only simpletons believe everything they're told. The prudent carefully consider their steps. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. One thing I want you to catch here, that it says that even though we plan, God determines, God directs our steps, God determines. I want you to catch something, that throughout the walking and the stepping and the walking out our plan and, and God determining our steps, we are still prudently, carefully watching our steps. We're still engaged. I'm not walking blindly. I am thinking. I am preparing. I am working and stepping and stepping and stepping. And as I put my hands to work and as I continue to plan, God continues to correct and move. He says that wherever I put my hands to something, he's going to bless it. But I've got to put my hands to it. So in the middle of my plan, as I'm walking this out and seeking the Lord and listening to his voice, and I start moving, I've got to be prudent. I don't just drop everything and then blindly run. I've got to be prudent. I want you to know when I'm running, I have to watch my step or I'll fall. It's easy to fall when you're running. You miss a step, you hit a twig, you get hit by a branch, a car about runs you over. It happens every single time. I'm dodging all kinds of stuff. It says the wise are cautious and avoid danger. I can be praying, Lord, protect me, but then I'm not going to turn and run in the middle of traffic. I got the Lord. I can run in traffic. Uh, no, I think you kind of missed the point. Don't go run in front of a car. The car is going to hit you. You can pray and pray and pray and pray. But if you run in front of a car, the car is going to hit you. Amen? Are you with me? We have a part to stay engaged throughout our walk, to be pursuing, to be working. I want you to know hard work. It says in Proverbs 14, verse 23, work brings profit. We are to work we cannot sit on the couch and expect God's blessing to arrive at the door by Amazon Prime two-day shipping. Dropped by a drone. Wouldn't we love that? Work brings profit. As I put my hands to the plow, God blesses what I put in the ground. But if I don't plow the ground and get the seed in the ground, there's nothing for God to bless. I have to step 
We are sitting around as the church waiting for God to move in revival in our city, but we're doing nothing. If we will do, God will turn this city upside down. We have to do. We have to step. Work brings profit. Now, I'm just going to give one more topic, and that is self-pity. Self-pity comes from the pit of hell to keep you on the couch for the rest of your life. Self-pity, excessive, self-absorbed unhappiness over one's own troubles. And it is a device used by Satan to keep you from doing anything, trying a new job, applying your faith, keeping you where you are. I want you to know my biggest challenge, every time I say this, people always get on to me saying you never had a weight problem. I did. I was fat. I've got pictures. I've shown them. Go follow my Twitter feed. You can see it. It's on there. I put it on there for everybody to see, and it's really something to see. But what held me was me. I never believed I could do it. I had so little self-worth. I never thought I could do a budget. Never. I've got a business degree. I've operated a business. I, I, I should know how to do those sort of things. But I put up a block to keep us from ever really stepping into a budget. Let me tell you, I can do a budget. And it works. And I could lose weight. If I will exercise more and burn more calories than I'm eating, I'll lose weight. And I can do that. I never thought that I could. I am my biggest challenge. Me. We want to sometimes blame it on other people, but if you're blaming it on other people, let me tell you, your problem's you, not them. If you'll get the focus back onto you and get over your self-pity and get up off the couch and allow God to move in your life, you're going to start to make it. You may say, where do I start? Make it a half a mile. In your job, in your exercise, in your eating, in your marriage, don't go out and try to run a, a marathon. Run a quarter of a mile. God will move in your life. With your children, you may have a complete disconnect between your and, you and your kids. You cannot make a perfect marriage overnight. It takes a step. When Elizabeth and I had struggled in our marriage, as long as I would take a step, let me tell you, she would take a step. And God would take a step. It is such an amazing thing, but your self-pity needs to go to hell. Go back where it came from. I want you to know that as you begin to walk, the Lord will rebuild your self-worth. And you will realize, I can do all things. There is nothing that may come into my, into my realm of influence that I can't win over. Nothing. The Lord has given me the victory. I just have to walk in it. Do you know if you'll start walking, you will walk right into the plan of God. If you start walking and seeking after the Lord, you can't miss the plan because he will direct your steps. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. Do you want to come up and share? I've asked Elizabeth to give a testimony of what we have walked through. Amen. So uh, 
Paul and I are doing the legacy class together, which I want to encourage you guys. The legacy class is Dave Ramsey's second class that comes after FPU. And the only people who signed up for it at our church, Ron and Sarah Nelson are teaching it, and Paul and I signed up. It's just us. <laughs> so, but we decided we'd go ahead and do it because we'd never done it, and Ron and Sarah have been sweet enough to just have a class with just us. Um, but it's funny because um, I, I kind of get this feeling like people thought they had to have it together before they did the legacy class. And I just want to tell you, we don't have it together. The Nelsons aren't done yet. We're not done yet. We're still in the middle of baby steps. And so it's really not that kind of class. Um, but one of the things that we were doing Saturday, and Paul said, I want you to share this, is we were trying to determine our vision. Is that what we were doing? A vision statement? Yeah, we were a doing a vision, vision statement. Yes, a personal vision statement. And as I was doing mine, he gives you these steps where you come up with these words that describe yourself and then you're constantly narrowing it down and like what you do. And by the end of it, I had this vision statement that was like totally described who I was. And Paul said, you got to share what God has done. And so I didn't write any notes down. I kind of wish I had. But what I want to tell you guys is this whole idea about stepping and allowing the Lord to lead you, God has done that in me. And I didn't start out knowing where I was going, but I can tell you that I stepped into my destiny. And when I did, I knew it. It was like I stepped into my destiny. And all I was doing was, was taking steps. And before I knew it, the Lord had brought me to this place where I had become what I felt like, like I was doing what he had designed for me to do. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but it's an unbelievable feeling when that happens. And what I want to tell you is that it wasn't easy. I want to tell you that we started out and we, and we came from a background where we had a lot and we were real dumb. We were like stupid with a capital S. And, and nobody would believe it, but we walked through poverty line living. Nobody would know that about us, but we did didn't we? And I remember my daddy would say, you know, people don't change until something bad happens that makes them change. And it was like God just forced, he never forced us to change, but we were at a place where we were either going to change or we were going to sink. And we decided to change. And so I'm telling you this to say that it wasn't easy. Anyways, life evolved and I got to a place where um, we had gone through a lot. The Lord had taught us a lot. We were changing. We were living. We were doing. And in the midst of that, we were greatly attacked. 
And I was to a point, and you guys know this, who've walked with us through this church, where I had been brutally, viciously attacked, slandered, and betrayed. And I was about as low as you could get. That little self-pity party he was talking about, I was there. And I want you to know I tanked my husband. When I got low, I tanked him. I, was, I, I did. And, and I have so since repented. It was so sad that I did it. But I took what was miserable to me and made him miserable. And we were at a place where we were miserable. I was miserable. I was self-loathing. I was down. I believed the negative words that were spoken over me. And I began to be a cheerleader from hell for, for this man. And um, God is so good. God is so good because he brought me people that loved me, that prayed with me, that ministered to me. And let me tell you, this was recently. This was like 2011 and 2012. Like, this wasn't 20 years ago. Um, but when he did, I can remember a couple of things that happened. And one of the first things that happened is he gave me a vision of myself. And by the way, this came from Freedom Ministry, which we do in this church. Um, but I was in a prayer session with a couple of godly women. And I remember the Lord gave me this picture of myself, of this little girl self in a swing. And I saw myself and I thought, where I was and where I ended up, this wasn't who I was destined to be. I was not destined to be a little miserable person. And I had a good life. I had healthy kids and a great husband, but I had gotten miserable in the middle of it all. And what I want to tell you is the Lord started to bring me out of that and bring me hope. And a couple of the things that he did for me is he, he gave me a dad who said to me, I'm going to send you back to school. You know, there were a couple things that he did. And I remember saying to my dad, and it's exactly that proverb that you read today about not feeling like you can do it. What, what was that? Um, having a bit of fear. I can't remember what it was. Where are your notes? This is it. Proverbs 14, 15 through 16. It says, only simpletons believe everything they're... No, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read his notes. Anyways, I don't know what it was, but essentially, and it's what my dad always tells me, because I tell him I'm scared. I don't think I can do it. And I remember saying to him when he said, I'll send you back to school. And I thought, oh, I can't do that anymore. I can't study anymore. I can't remember anything. I've had four kids and I have baby brain most of the time. And there's no way. And, and I remember he would say to me, but honey, that's, that's good. That's good because you don't walk into it thinking that you can just automatically have it done. A little bit of apprehensive and, you know, a healthy amount of fear is a good thing because you can get it done. And you'll apply yourself. If you thought you were going to be perfect at it, you wouldn't do it. 
Anyways, long story short, he sent me back to school. I stepped into teaching. And you know what? I stepped into my destiny. And it was like I had these opportunities that I could have not taken. I could have not done it. But God opened the door for me, and I took steps, and he began to restore my soul. He restored who I was, and I stopped believing the lies of the enemy, and I started remembering who I was and who I was destined to be. And so I just, I guess I just really want to encourage you this morning that if you're in a place where you think, I'm so low, and I've gotten so far off from where I thought that I would be. Because I can tell you, have you ever woke up and you thought, I didn't really think my life would look like this. I just don't think that this is how it was supposed to be. And I can tell you, I was there. I thought, I just think this was off somehow. And it was like the Lord just started making a way. And I started walking. And he started opening doors for me. And I walked through those doors. And I can tell you, half the time I'm nervous about what I do. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. But it's hard. And it's not easy. And living your life on a budget and being in a PhD program is not an easy thing. But you step every day. You walk every day. And you keep, you keep doing it. Because you know God has put you where you're supposed to be. And I want you to know. And you work really hard. I do work hard. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. Yeah. You work really hard. Well, thank you. I don't mean her. Yes, she works so hard. But you. Yeah. I thought you meant me, process, and I was thanking no, you. it is you. I was like, I do. I do. She works so hard. I was just taking that. But you cannot remove the hard work. <laughs> you do not get anywhere in life lazy. Mm -mm. You have to work hard. Mm -hmm. But put working hard with the Lord, and there is nothing that can take you down. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Everything will come at you, but nothing can take you out. Not with your hard work, coupled with the direction of the Lord. No way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. And, and it is the truth. And I, and I, I do just want to say that through all of that stuff that I walked through, the biggest attack, the biggest attack came on my voice. I went through surgeries, literally, physical tumors. I went through words spoken about being a woman and that I shouldn't speak. I had had a slur of slander spoken over my voice. And do you know, when I went, this weekend to go write down my vision, it's my voice that God uses. And it was the very thing that the enemy tried to shut up. And I remember at some point, do you remember the Lord? There was a couple things he told me. One of them was, you're still standing after that year from hell. Sorry to say that. And the other thing that he told me is that the enemy's not shutting me up. <laughs> and at some point, you have to say, what has God called me to do? What am I destined to do? And how does he use me? And you know what? 
He's using you. He's got a plan for your life. And I just encourage you to plug into that, start praying about it. And when he opens a door, walk through it. Walk through it. And even if you're shaking in your boots, because let me tell you, I was, walk through the door. Walk through the door that he has opened for you. Because he's got a good plan. He's got a good plan. Amen. You guys stand up. Amen. It's time to start walking. It's time to stand up. And uh, Aaron Tippin, anybody know Aaron Tippin? He sings a song, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Church, it's time to get up. It's time to start walking and to allow the Lord to direct your steps. I've asked Brother Mark Davis to come up here and give us an encouragement and a prayer and really just kind of a charge. So, Mark, will you come up here? Thank you. We were just sitting there. Debbie was saying, My, doesn't she just put everybody at ease when she speaks? Your voice. Said that just before you did. What a confirmation to you. So, I hope that I can encourage you. Can I encourage you? Do I have your permission? I like agreement because there's power in that. And, I mean, just look at each other. God has given us each other. Do you realize that? Just a, just a few years ago, I couldn't stand up here and say, I just love every one of you. This is our body. I want to get you in it. I want you, you to be connected like Pastor Paul said earlier so that we can function as a body. We all don't do the same things well. You do one thing well and I do another thing well. But if we all do it together, what a body. You see, that's part of how this bride is getting put together. And so I encourage you, let us work together you know, when we open this altar, Pastor Paul opens this altar on Sunday morning, do you ever feel a tug in your heart, just a little tug, and says that, you know, maybe I need to go lay that down. Maybe I need prayer for this. Are you praying for something at home? Are you, do you want something? Do you want his fullness? Come down here. Don't let that escape your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. And if you will listen to the Holy Spirit, He will start working in you more so that you can hear more and do more. When I look you in the eyes and shake hands with you, when I greet you at that door, I realize I'm walking in destiny. I'm walking in Christ's fullness because of His Spirit. And if we all do that, it's going to explode. So can you join with me in doing that? Let's make these altars a home. Let's shed any of this idea that I don't, oh, I can't go up there, I can't go up there. Be humble. So I commit to you. If I feel it, I'm coming. Can you, can you raise your hand and say, I'm coming. I see it. No peer pressure here, but I'm looking. You know, I want agreement. Father, make us one. Build this bride. Make us strong, Father.
we love you. And we ask you, Father, to work in us, to will and do what you've put us here for. In Jesus' name.